They really aren't. Thanks very much, Mr. Clark. Aren't you two forgetting something? Well, you build in. A skull and, and jaw from... Welcome to episode 42 of What I'm Watching with Jill Winter. I'm Jill, host of the syndicated FM radio show, Middays with Jill Winter, where you can hear all of your favorite top 40 hits every weekday on Rhythm 105.9 FM in California and on Jams 99.3 FM in Kansas. You can find my social media links at www.jillwinterofficial.com. And of course, there's a link to this podcast as well. Please remember to subscribe to us wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Tis officially the holiday season, and Jen will be joining me, of course, very soon to discuss some Christmas classics for a segment I'd like to call A Very Retro Christmas. We'll be talking about Home Alone, Bad Santa, and whether or not Die Hard is in fact a Christmas movie. I would like to let everyone know now, just in case you missed it when you clicked on this episode, that this show will be dealing in adult themes and using explicit language. So if you have small kids around, you may want to wait until they're out of earshot to continue. Before Jen jumps in with me, of course I watched a few things that I want to run down for you, and then we'll get into that retro Christmas convo I promised you. First up is a movie streaming on Hulu called One True Loves. That is correct, not One True Love, but One True Loves, and in a second, you'll understand why. Emma and Jesse are living the perfect life together, until Jesse disappears in a tragic helicopter crash on their first wedding anniversary. Four years later, Emma finds happiness again as she's about to marry her best friend. However, when Jesse miraculously resurfaces, Emma soon finds herself torn between two great loves. This movie stars Simu Liu, Luke Bracey, Philippa Su, and an ensemble cast, including Michaela Conlon, who you may remember from the forensic show Bones. I found this movie to be just enough of everything. Love, heartbreak, hope, and resolution. It's not going to make the award season run this year, but it's based on a book by Taylor Jenkins Reid, and it was paced well. If you like romantic drama, comedies, give this one a try on Hulu. Next up, I decided to stick with the made-for-TV Christmas movies, so I flipped on Checking It Twice, streaming on Hallmark. This one falls into the obviously predictable and hokey, yet watchable, Hallmark Christmas movie section. The washed-up hockey player gets sent to Idaho Falls, and the big-time realtor from New York is going home for Christmas to see her family in the very same town. Their debit cards get swapped by the incompetent cashier at the airport concession stand, and they have to find each other in the town to swap them back. Are there implausibilities in this one? Too many to count. But if you like the happy ending Hallmark Christmas movies, this is a new one, and it's no worse than most of the others. Not necessarily a ringing endorsement, but watchable for sure. After all of this sweet, sappy holiday fare, I decided to jump out of the bubble for a bit with the newest season of American Horror Story called Delicate. This was only the first part. I have a love-hate relationship with this show. I don't watch every season because I think the earlier ones were more entertaining. However, I will admit I wanted to see Kim Kardashian's portrayal of Siobhan in the show. Now let me preface this by saying, this is not an Academy Award-winning performance and Kim is no Meryl Streep. However, and this is a big however, I think she's doing pretty well in this gig. 
Her character, Siobhan, plays a publicist, so it's not a super stretch for Kardashian, who watched and continues to watch the greatest momager of all time, Kris Jenner, and I feel like she channeled some of that for this role. If I didn't know who Kim Kardashian was, I would still buy her performance, and I'm curious to see where it goes when part two of the season drops. The storyline itself is okay. It features Emma Roberts as the main character. Not their best, not their worst. If you're as curious as I was, it's worth giving a shot, especially because it's clear that something nefarious is going on with Kim's character. Now, the moment I know I've been waiting for, Jen Kane is here so we can talk about some classic Christmas movies and one that, eh, it's open for debate. Mm-mm-mm. We'll get to it later. But first, we started with the original Home Alone, starring Macaulay Culkin, Joe Pesci, Daniel Stern, John Candy, Catherine O'Hara, John Hurd Jr., and just so many other actors that you'll recognize if you have never seen it. Culkin plays Kevin McAllister, a boy who defends his suburban Chicago home from a home invasion by a pair of robbers after his family accidentally leaves him behind on their Christmas vacation to Paris. Ho, ho, ho. It's our Christmas episode. Yay! Now that's another great Christmas movie. That, right off the bat, I know, is from a Christmas story. It is. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. Followed by a foot to the head. Down the slide you go, kid. (laughs) This movie is a Christmas classic for sure. If you haven't seen it, put it into your rotation. Basically, poor little Macaulay Culkin, Kevin McAllister, is left home by his family who, quote-unquote, accidentally, we don't know for sure, accidentally accidentally leave him while they go off to Paris and he needs to turn into a little mini MacGyver to defend his home from basically two fucking idiots. Very well said. I don't think I could have phrased it any better if I had tried. Before the family left, the cops in the neighborhood, who obviously weren't really cops, were going around to all of the houses. This was back in the 80s when people believed things. Knocking on doors, going, oh, I just want to make sure you're going to be home. We're checking Mm. the area. We want to keep an eye on things if you're not going to be home. And these poor stooges were just like, no, we're going to Paris. So Joe Pesci. (laughs) Come on in later. (laughs) Joe Pesci, half of the Wet Bandits, the other half was Marv, (laughs) played by Daniel Stern. They have their eye on this gorgeous house. There is a meme that's been going around as long as social media has been in existence, to my knowledge, that everyone wonders how Kevin McAllister's father is able to afford literally what appears to be a mansion and to take the whole extended family to Paris. Yeah, I think there's something shady going on in that household, but that's for another movie, I suppose. Yes, that would have made a better sequel than, you know, 3, 4, and 27. But yeah, ridiculous, ridiculous. So basically, the whole thing starts, the family orders pizza before they go away. Yes. Orders a ton of pizza, cheese pizza, right? That's all anybody wants is cheese pizza. Well, that's Stop. all Kevin wants. The rest of the family well, wanted toppings. Yes. Stop with the toppings. Just leave it cheese. Just It's it's a classic. Leave it alone. Gooey, gooey, anyway, they, stringy, delicious yes. cheese. Don't even get me started on pineapple. It's disgusting. Anyway, he doesn't get a piece of cheese pizza. Nobody saves it for him. There's a fight. Milk is literally spilled, cried over it. He gets banished to the attic along with his cousin, Kieran Culkin, real life brother, to sleep on bunk beds. From there, things go downhill for poor little Kevin McAllister. So in the middle of the night, 
of course, there's a power <laughs> outage and nobody's alarms go off. Now, remember, this is pre-cell phone, so it's not like you reach over to your cell phone and shut your alarm. They had the plug into the wall, good mm-hmm. old digital alarm clocks, not even the analog ones that probably wouldn't have been affected by a power outage. Right. But right. digital alarm clocks, they didn't go off. They wake up, go, ah, we're going to be late. They're waiting for the airport shuttle. So they go into this big, frantic, frenzied chaos to get on to the airport Complete shuttle. chaos. Now, P.S., while all of this is going on, the little neighborhood kid is being nosy and he's outside by the shuttle looking to see what's been packed. So the brilliant parents decide to let one of the other kids do the head count of everyone getting on the shuttle. Well, I-, I bet you can guess where this is going. So they count the little nosy neighbor kid who should have minded his own business as one of their kids and think they have everybody they need and proceed to go to the airport. So now they're running to the plane. They have the, the tickets out. A whole line of people are running. They get on the plane. Adults are in first class. Kids are in the cheap seats. Nice family again. Right. But nobody realizes they don't have an extra ticket. Literally, they have an extra ticket. Exactly, because they just had a stack of tickets in their hands. And of course, mom keeps going, I feel like I'm forgetting something. I feel like I'm forgetting something. (laughs) Honey, did we shut the gas? Did we shut the stove? Did we close the garage? They go through the whole checklist. Honey, everything's fine. Don't worry about it. Guess what, honey? Everything wasn't fine. We forgot somebody. And now, I mean, I always felt the follow-up to this movie, forget Home Alone 2, it should have been Home Alone CPS, because how in the <laughs> world do you leave your kids home? It's the movie setup, right? You got to go with it. But honestly, it's ridiculous. But funny. Right. It was in the yeah. 80s. It was, it was a different, different time, time when kids were allowed to- Parents lost their kids. Yeah, parents lost their kids. Kids were allowed to walk to the corner store. I literally do not let my children go alone to the lanai or the pool. They can both swim very well. Don't send me emails. And we have cameras, we have locks, we have gates in a very safe neighborhood. And I will not let them go outside, out back alone without adult supervision. Because- Well, because you don't want CPS coming to your house. (laughs) Exactly. So they're on the layover and they've now realized they forgot Kevin. Oh no. So poor Kevin is now home alone, literally. And like I said, he has to turn into a little MacGyver because of these two idiots played by Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern. So basically the movie is just him coming up with all of these crafty ideas to kind of, you know, make them fall, burn them, electrocute them, pound them in the head. (laughs) They would have been dead. I mean, it's so ridiculously implausible. He would have then been arrested and put into like juvenile detention because he would have killed these men. He was that... Right. Crafty. Absolutely. Now, how he knows how to do all these things, that's a whole other story. But it made for a great movie. It really did. Everybody in the movie played their parts so well. And I think that's also what makes the movie hold the test of time. Because, again, if you're watching it for the first time in 2023, a lot of the things are dated. A lot of the right. quote unquote technology that was big back then, completely antiquated. But you'll understand it. And you'll get it. And it's just good, fun. I don't want to say wholesome because when we watched it with our kids for the first time, we kept going, don't ever do that. It's make-believe. Don't ever do that. It's make-believe. Don't play right. with blow torches. You'll kill someone. Right. But right. 
it's a great movie and you have to get your very own cheese pizza or at least a cheese pizza to split with your loved ones and watch this movie. I think it's a holiday classic. We watch it every year. So I would give it four and a half reindeer antlers. And before Jen, you weigh in on your antler reading, I'll also say Home Alone 2, the sequel, was really good. But after that, I wouldn't watch any mm. of the rest of the franchise. No, they ruined it after that. So I would also give it four and a half reindeer antlers. It's a Christmas classic for sure. If anybody out there is watching the new season of Fargo, you will see some nods to this movie in it. That's all I'm going to say because I think we're going to cover that later on. We are definitely going to cover it. I'm in full-on holiday mode, but I swear the new Fargo is on my Hulu list. It's in the my stuff. So we will definitely cover it on a future episode. It just goes to show you how this movie all these years later is still influencing shows today. So definitely watch it. After watching Home Alone, which is a much more family-friendly movie, we moved over to Bad Santa, which is not a family-friendly movie. I cannot stress no. this enough. Do not watch this movie with children, not even in earshot. Or no. if you're easily offended, don't watch it either. This is a movie that was definitely a sign of the times, made years ago, very funny for when it was made, but it is not for everyone. So again, if you're easily offended, stay away. But if you don't care, absolutely, you have to check out this dark comedy, Bad Santa, where the crotchety Willie T. Stokes, played by Billy Bob Thornton, and his partner, Tony Cox, who plays Marcus, reunite once a year for a holiday con. They pose as a mall Santa and an elf. They rip off shopping outlets on Christmas Eve. This year, however, Willie is falling apart. He's a depressed alcoholic, and his erratic behavior draws the suspicion of mall security, Bernie Mac. Now, if you remember Bernie Mac, you could only imagine. But when befriending a small boy brings out his kinder side, Willie begins to wonder if there is still some hope for him. This is one of my favorite, favorite movies. It, like you said, it's inappropriate now. It was probably inappropriate then, but it- Oh, it was 100% inappropriate it is, then. It is hilarious. Billy Bob Thornton is, I love him generally, but this role for him, like you said, is the crotchety old alcoholic Santa Claus. I always felt like he was saying what every mall Santa Claus was saying every time a kid sat on his lap. You know, what the fuck do you want? Yes. Get off me. Get out of here, kid. It's He just plays the role. What the fuck is a fraggle <laughs> stick car? Yeah, it's just, and Tony Cox, who plays Marcus Skidmore, is in real life a little person. And he plays the elf who tries desperately to keep Billy Bob Thornton in line because he's his meal ticket. This is, like you said, they're robbing the mall. But, you know, Billy Bob Thornton, Willie Soak, he is drinking constantly. He's screaming at people. He's having sex in dressing rooms. He is the anti-anti-Santa Claus. Now, you may be asking how they didn't get fired. Well, John Ritter, God rest his soul, this was his last movie, mm -hmm. and they actually dedicated it to his memory. He played the great role of the mall manager, Bob Chapeska, and he went to Bernie Mac, who was the security guard, and he did try to get them fired. But back then, again, they were talking about things like not calling little people little people. Mm -hmm. They used the derogatory terms of dwarves mm -hmm. and midgets mm -hmm. 
And Willie and Marcus use this to their advantage. Absolutely. So one of the funniest scenes in the movie is when Billy Bob Thornton is completely passed out behind the Santa chair in the mall, blacked out drunk, and the kids are lined up ready to go. And Bernie Mac goes over to Marcus and says, you got to get him out of here. You got to get him up and going. And, you know, remember how big Bernie Mac was? Well, Tony Cox is looking straight up at Bernie Mac's and he goes, what the fuck do you want me to do? I'm three foot seven. I need your help. And it's just, you got a fucking forklift back there. (laughs) It's just those kind of one liners that are, they almost seem like they were improvised. It's, it's just a little piece of what to expect from this movie. So again, like we said, if you get offended easily, just skip this one. Not for you. Another thing that I loved about this movie was that, Lorelai Gilmore, Lauren Graham herself, played a bartender who clearly had her own deep-seated issues <laughs> and fell for Willie in his Santa suit. And mm-hmm. for Santas, she really she said she has a thing for Santas, and she takes him out to the car. And a very classic line is her yelling, "Fuck me, Santa! <laughs> fuck me, Santa! Fuck me, Santa!" Now, this is Lorelai Gilmore, the Gilmore Girls, like an American institution. They have a whole little, like, holiday town based upon the show. But back then, right. she just played the bartender, and she had a thing for Santas. It was so funny. Very clear. And then, you know, as with every holiday movie, this one obviously cannot ever be shown on Hallmark Channel, but there is a thread of a little boy named Thurman, who is Thurman Merman, Merman, great casting name, who is constantly bullied and just kind of believes that Billy Bob Thornton is the real, real Santa. And no matter how hard Billy Bob Thornton tries to get him away from him, he literally looks at the kid and goes, are you fucking trying to kill me? I mean, because he just drives him crazy. And he lives with his Nana because his dad is away. Cloris Leachman. Cloris Leachman. And his dad is his dad is away exploring, exploring remember, things, climbing mountains. Prison. Yeah. And <laughs> it's it just their relationship as it builds. I mean, it, they're never, you know, really completely nice to each other. But And also his mother is in heaven with God, the angels, and the talking <laughs> walnuts. Yes. <laughs> so the only person that Thurman Merman has to take care of him is his like convalesced yes, grandmother. And one of my favorite lines from this movie, and it's not even explicit. And to this day, I will say it to Alex if he says he's hungry. The only thing that the woman remembered, and she remembered it about her son, who's in prison, Roger. Mm. But again, she thinks that Thurman is Roger. Anytime he came into the room, she would jump up and go, you want me to fix you some sandwiches? <laughs> so anytime Alex is like, oh, babe, I'm hungry. What do we have? You want me to fix you some sandwiches? <laughs> and he's like, I don't want any fucking sandwiches. <laughs> Leave me alone. It is, you know, a holiday classic, which is kind of odd because it is offensive. But there is the thread. It's for people like that, us. Well, no, yeah, it's a lot of people, people like I mean, humor. People like us. I don't know about. Well, no, you don't like the Hallmark Channel either. Those kind of movies. Yeah, no, no, I do. I I love the Hallmark Channel because even if you miss something, you don't miss <sighs> anything. You know, everything that happened. I ju- it, but it's the same. Well, that's a whole other story. But that's the same formula. Now, if you threw in some curse words into those movies, some murders and things like that, I might be on board. But this, to me, is always the anti-Hallmark Channel movie. While everybody else is in the front room, ooing and aahing over, you know, the latest romance on the Hallmark Channel, 
some people are in here laughing at the midgets and Billy Bob Thornton. And that is why this it's, it's a generation. It is thing. a generation. I think if you can disregard all of the politically incorrectness and just watch it for the funny right. that it is, you'll like it. If you can't, anybody born after like 1982, stay away right. from it. You're not going to enjoy it. But there are just so many things that happen. I'm not giving them away mm -mm. because I just rewatched it. I would rewatch it again. It's that mm -hmm. funny. So for me, this is a five reindeer antler movie. 100% we watch it every year. Definitely check it out. Same. Five reindeer antlers for sure. If you want to get some good belly laughs, not in the traditional way, give it a watch. Next up on this holiday hit parade, we watched Die Hard, starring Bruce Willis, Alan Rickman, Reginald Vell Johnson, and Bonnie Bedelia. This is a classic 80s action film. Christmas movie. We'll see. Where New York City policeman John McClane is visiting his estranged wife and two daughters on Christmas Eve. He joins her at a holiday party in the headquarters of the Japanese-owned business she works for. But the festivities are interrupted by a group of terrorists who take over the exclusive high-rise and everyone in it. Very soon, McLean realizes that there's no one to save the hostages but him. One of my all-time favorite, favorite movies. I'm a huge Bruce Willis fan, and to me, this is tops for him. I know the debate is it's not a holiday Christmas movie, but I always argue the point that what is the theme in most Christmas movies? It's people trying to get home to see their families, usually on Christmas Eve, and they get thwarted by a plane, a train, an automobile, ineptitude, leaving a kid home, all those kinds of things. But sometimes it's a terrorist. And this is what is happening. He is thwarted by a terrorist. So I classify this as a holiday Christmas movie. I understand where you're coming from, and I get it. But I'm going to play devil's advocate and say, although I enjoy the movie, it's an excellent movie. Mm -hmm. I mean, totally 80s cheese whiz, uh -huh. just even the way, you know, Bruce Willis acts in mm -hmm. it purposefully, masterfully, goofy, but great. I hypothesize that you could turn any movie into a Christmas movie using the tropes that they did. I mean, you could make Rocky a Christmas movie if you put in a Christmas party, Christmas theme music. But he's not trying to get home to anybody. He's trying to win a fight. It doesn't matter. He's doing it for love and for a better life. No, I think the traveling is the whole key for a Christmas movie. Trying to get from point A to point B to be home for the holidays is the key for a holiday movie. Just turn on any Hallmark channel. Either that <laughs> or the hot hotel guy or something that he's going to lose the hotel or whatever. That's the other theme for those movies. But to me, just think of all the holiday classics. It's always somebody trying to get home to their loved one. And that's what poor Bruce Willis is trying to do. I don't know. I think that this is like trying to stick a square peg in a round hole. I equate it. I'm going to equate this with a very true story. Years ago, the last band I was in, we were a pop rock band, like full on pop rock. You, you wouldn't classify us as anything else. But through connections, et cetera, and so on, we were invited to play a country fest. And mm. we all look at each other. And again, you don't want to turn down a gig that has potentially thousands of people. So one of our team members said, well, I know this electric violinist. Mm -hmm. P.S. Fast forward. 
We threw an electric violinist into the mix, covered Carrie Underwood's Before He Cheats, also had this violinist play on all of our other songs, whether it belonged or not, and we played Country Fest. You could make anything work if you really try. I don't think I equate that whole story to this movie because there's no terrorist in your story. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we kind of terrorized people with our pop rock music (laughs) at a country fest, although we got a lot of compliments. Well, yeah, but the fact that, you know, it's country music for me, that's now we're into horror story territory here. (laughs) We're not going to upset the country fans. Well, anyway. I just feel, I know we're going to agree to disagree on this one, but overall, this movie, if you have not seen it, is a classic, regardless if you watch it during the Christmas holiday, as you should, or just in general when it's on. It's a lot of fun. It's like Jill said, it's goofy. He's sarcastic, which is one of the things I've always loved about him. Alan Rickman plays a great villain, and it is just a fun, fun ride. I agree. It's a great movie. Do I have to watch it at Christmas? No, but I'm not going to take it away from you. If you want to call it a Christmas movie, that's fine. I could watch it any time of year. Thank you. It's good. We can we can see what people think on the old uh, Twitter. We X. can uh, see what their yes. opinions are. I'm not calling it X. It's Twitter. Sorry. Sorry, On Elon. social media. It's too late. Let us know your thoughts. Right, on social media. So I would give this movie probably because I haven't watched it until I just rewatched it for decades. So I was kind of seeing it with fresh eyes. I'm going to give it four reindeer antlers. Great movie, but I'm on the fence about it being a holiday movie. I'm going to give it five reindeer antlers because it's a Christmas movie and Bruce Willis is in it and it's a great movie. Fair enough. Thank you all so much for tuning in to What I'm Watching with Jill Winter. Thanks so much to Jen Kane for joining me here each and every episode. A very special thanks to our amazing producer, DJ Bingington, who produces my radio show as well. If you're on X, formerly known as Twitter, you can find him at DJ B-I-N-G-I-N-G-T-O-N. You can follow Jen on X at Jen Kane TV, and you can find me at Jill Winter Music, where there's also a link to this podcast as well. Please remember to subscribe to us wherever you get your favorite podcasts. From all of us at What I'm Watching with Jill Winter, we want to wish everyone a very healthy and happy holiday season. Until next time, go find a show to binge. Bye.